Business is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles, on the Rockstar Radio Network. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd on the Rockstar Radio Network. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, I can't think of anything better to do in the new year than to have a conversation with the brilliant Joanna Penn. She has one of the top writing websites, the Creative Pen, that uh, every writer, every author should be subscribing to and following their blog. She is brilliant when it comes to fiction and nonfiction. She's a fiction writer herself, and she's got three bestsellers under her belt. So we're going to get a little bit into how do you do that? How do you market it? And Joanne has also signed on with a New York agent, and we're going to talk about some of the strategies and her decisions on why she did that. So with that, I'm going to encourage all our listeners to um, be familiar with these two websites, JFPen, and that's P-E-N-N, JFPen.com, and the Creative Pen, and again, the double N, and be a follower of each as we go through, because I know Joanna will be referring to them, and as I said, she is the author of thrillers, which is the kind of thing I like to read, the, the arcane thrillers, and she's got three of them, Pentecost, Prophecy, and her latest and greatest Exodus, which she's going to be talking about, and let's just jump into it, so welcome, Joanna. Thanks so much for having me, Judith, and that was a lovely intro. I really appreciate that. Well, there you go. As as our listeners can tell, Joanna is is not from the States. She's across the pond. Um, Indeed. (laughs) She she comes from England. Are you in London proper, Joanna? Yes, I'm in, I'm in central London, but I was in Australia for, uh, Australia and New Zealand for 11 years. So I've kind of, uh, I get around. Well, so so your next stop will be Canada. We're getting you yeah. closer. We're getting... <laughs> All right, well, let, let's just get into this. I, I think I, I just need to ask you about your new book, um, and and I haven't read it, so I'll, I'll, I'll confess to that. Is is it linked to? Or do we have characters evolving with each one, or are they totally stand alone? They're, um, they're designed to be standalone, so you can jump in at any point. But of course, if you are in the series, um, you know, you can read about the development. But uh, Dr. Morgan Sierra is a, a psychologist from Oxford University, uh, sort of ex-Israeli defense force, um, ex-military psychologist, and then sort of joins the secret agency called Arcane. And in Exodus, they, uh, they hunt for the Ark of the Covenant as the Middle East counts down to a religious war. So it's, uh, it's a kind of, um, for fans of Dan Brown, sort of brainy thriller because uh, I, I have a, a degree in uh, theology, so I love to bring all of that in. 
Oh, and you, and you know that, they, I mean, it's so topical. It's like you're describing this. I said, so what else is new? Middle East? Yeah, problems. exactly. You know? <laughs> I, I, well, I, I put a few things in there, like um, Yasser Arafat's body being dug up because they, you know, now think he might have been murdered, uh, you know, stuff like that. And I, so I, I had to put that stuff in the book. And um, because like you say, there's always stuff going on there. And, and I love the fact that, that, you know, with a thriller, you want to write stuff that could be real. Um, so, you know, I love to put in all the sort of things I learned at the back in the author's note uh, to let people know the, the truth behind the fiction. Well, that's good. I mean, I have to tell you, one of my fantasies, since you mentioned Dan Brown, is to actually um, go over to Rome and do the whole, down, you know, the Dan Brown circuit, because they have yeah. quite a tour, <laughs> just for the fun of it. Oh, it's uh, very good. It's very good. Yeah, so I'd like to do that. Well, let's let's kind of move along, and, and I think that you probably, I can't think of anyone that, that would be better to ask about blocks. Do you ever get caught with a writer's block, and, and do you have some tips and, and tricks that you do to kind of pull yourself out of it and the rut and get going again? Yeah, well, it's it's funny. I I used to write nonfiction, and I had a real block that I thought I couldn't write fiction. And you know, from a very young age, I wanted to be a fiction writer. But my kind of um, the guy I thought I needed to be was Umberto Eco um, with the name of the rose. And I thought I had to write some you know sort of Pulitzer Prize winning uh, piece of literary fiction in order to be considered a real author. And I think ah. it was actually yeah. So the block I had was that, and this is quite British as well. You you know you have to be the very top of the literary ladder and then um, a a few years back I kind of, well Dan Brown helped because um, that kind of religious thriller became mainstream but then I really just thought, do you know what I love reading these fast paced thrillers and if I just write what I love to read then you know that's fine, that's acceptable and what I really want to do because I was an IT consultant and you know miserable in a cubicle and what I would do to get out of my job and out of my life you know in the lunch hour on the commute was to read these types of books so my, my goal was to basically um, take people out of their lives for some time and write something entertaining rather than something that was necessarily going to change people's lives um, so that was that was one thing that got me through a block the other thing that I think I would say is learning about editing um, again some people think that they have to come out with some perfect sentence the first time but the point is with writing is you you edit you rewrite um, you, it doesn't have to be perfect the first time. So you can write a, a load of rubbish um, and then you can go and edit it later. So that also helped me with a block. And now I don't really, I don't really have blocks. I, I just get on with it. <laughs> well, you know, so what you're saying, I, I'm hearing very clearly that, that perfection may be a writer's worst enemy. That if they try to do it, that, that, when I work with clients as a book shepherd and, and it's clear that they need to get going using more of a dictating software and we get them on Dragon to kind of break them mm. out so they can start getting their stories going, I've always told them, do not sit in front of your computer and watch it. Do not do that because you are going to want to stop it. You're going to want to tweak it. You're going to want to fix the spelling. You're going to see some editing snafus and it'll stop the process and flow to mm. to shut it down. So what I'm hearing, and that's part of that perfection thing, I think a lot of us get caught up in. 
So. Yeah. And of course, we all want to put out the very best thing we want to do. And with self-publishing, I definitely recommend people get a professional editor. Um, I have two editors, a line editor, and then I, I have another one later. I've also had structural edits. I have beta readers. You know, th- there are lots of people that my book goes through after me um, before it goes out there in the world. Um, so when you do that first draft, you can just let it all out, you know, just write whatever and know that you're going to fix it up later. And that should the other thing is really um, plotting and planning I'm sure with your non-fiction people you you say write a sort of table of contents or your topics and then go into each topic and then with fiction if you write a scene outline um, you can then basically sit down and write that scene you know right around it Mm -hmm. yeah basically well, I, I kind of looked uh, at writing. Uh, the whole creation of the book is just like a giant puzzle, and I like to do puzzles. And I, uh, my experience has been when authors feel, and this is more of a nonfiction, uh, my, and that's what I write. And so I have to confess that I, I tell people I don't have the gift of fiction, although I'm a great storyteller, but I don't have, so maybe I'm going to play around at some point. I mean, you, you jumped over what the heck. And that when, when you look at these, if, if, you, if you feel like you have to do chronologically everything, everything, I think that that also is some blockage that we do, um, where I would like to see people, like you're, you're saying with fiction, you've got your scene, you know what you're going to do, and so write that all out. And sometimes that scene gets moved around, but it doesn't have to be so sequential, I think, uh, that you go through. And nonfiction is the same way. I mean, do you agree or disagree or have any thoughts on that? Totally. I don't write in order at all. Um, I am very keen on setting. So I often come up with scenes based on a location similar to Dan Brown. And I've been to Israel a lot. And my latest book's in Egypt. Um, so I write scenes around setting. So often I'm writing the last scene or a middle scene before I write the first scene. Um, and with uh, mm-hmm. I use Scrivener. So I don't know if you recommend Scrivener, but it's it's an amazing piece of software where you can just drag and drop scenes or chapters if you write nonfiction around and it recompiles into the right order so that's amazing but I also wanted to just pick you up on the gift of fiction because I I don't think there's such a thing I think that people I really think that if you if you tried I bet you 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 know you said you're a storyteller what what I did was break down um best-selling an example of a best-selling thriller and broke it down scene by scene really understood how a best-selling novel worked and then I set to writing something myself and I and I think it's something you can train yourself to get into the mindset of writing fiction so yeah I'll challenge you on that Judith is that all right (laughs) Oh, absolutely. You know, but I, here is my confession, Joanna. I, um, I, I'm so busy with working with so many people's others' books and, and getting them fixed in a variety of ways that I almost don't have the chance to read for pleasure where I would use, I, you know, I used to devour three and four books a week. Just, you know, I would just suck those babies down because I loved them. And the thriller is my type of book. That That's my escapism. But but I also find that when I read those kind of books um, or any book, any author, that if they allow themselves to escape, you, you open yourself up for amazing ideas that actually will come in to support whatever work that you're working on. And the two aren't connected, yet the seeding happens. Um, that's been my experience, which is always kind of fun. 
Yeah, and I, I really um, believe in synchronicity, uh, which, which I guess, you know, for me is when something comes up in your research that you're just like, no way, I can't believe that that is true. Um, and for me, this was um, Freud, uh, Sigmund Freud moved to London in, um, in the, the last year of his life, 1947, something like that, or 1945. And um, he, all his, his, uh, his studies here in London with all his, the Egyptian gods and all the things he had on his desk. And when I went to visit his study, because I, I love to bring psychology into my books, um, I found on his wall uh, a picture of Moses with the with the tablets uh, oven. And uh, it just it gave me an idea for a scene that I could bring in Freud and his, you know, because in, he was a Jew, but he called himself a godless Jew. So I was able to bring in that whole take uh, while I was writing, you know, the stuff about the Ark of the Covenant. And it, it was synchronicity. And like you say, it's just kind of keeping your eyes open for these type of ideas as you and, go. And through. let it happen. Yeah, let it happen. OK, we're going to come up to our first break here. And when we come back, I'd love to have you get into um, more of the modeling. So some of the key learnings and how you write for some of these scenes. And we'll be right back. I'm Judith Bryles. With me this session is Joanna Penn of the Creative Pen and the... is your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles and we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the rockstar radio network is there a book in you or another author you will show you how to create develop and publish your book without being good if you already have a book out You'll find a supportive and brainstorming community that's connected and creative no matter where you live. AuthorU brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author extravaganza held each May. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through AuthorU's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publish. The Resource, its online book publishing news magazine, is content-heavy and it's free. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, AuthorU is for you. If you're a hobbyist or a casual author, it's not. Join AuthorU today through its website at AuthorU.org. Follow AuthorU on Twitter at AuthorU and on Facebook at AuthorU, where timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted daily. AuthorU, where the author goes to become seriously successful. the way you publish online. WaveCloud is a new form for authors to manage all their books' information in one place from start to finish, including pricing and listing summary. To learn more or sign up for email updates, visit wavecloud.com. Every 
Every picture tells a story, and it's a truism that people do judge a book by its cover. Nick Selinger and NZ Graphics have been in the business of producing superior graphic cover design and interior layout for self-published authors, independent and traditional publishers for years. He has developed a reputation for... Excellent work, fast turnarounds, and best of all, affordable pricing. NZ Graphics also produces ebooks and book marketing materials such as posters, sell sheets, postcards, bookmarks, business cards, logos, and more. Books designed for his clients have won multiple book awards, including Best Book Award by U.S. Book News, multiple Evie Awards from the Colorado Independent Publishers Association, Indie Book Awards, the San Francisco Book Festival. Award and Freedom Medal Award from Valley Forge. Visit www.nzgraphics.com or call 303-985-4174 for more details about making your book the success it should be. Mention that you are an FOJ, friend of Judith's, and that you heard about NZ Graphics on your guide to book publishing. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With me is Joanna Penn, who is the author of the Arcane Thrillers. There's three of them, Pentecost, Prophecy, and Exodus. And we're really talking about some of the things to set up with writers is before we go into the fiction, and we want to definitely, or to the marketing of fiction, and, and, and absolutely we have to go down the global path of, of what's going on. It's just not the United States, and it's just not Great Britain. There are so many other opportunities out here to get your books, and we authors need to really take off whatever myopic glasses we have on and look at those opportunities and, and what paths we need to go in that direction. So before we jump there, we were, we were talking a little bit about um, the fiction we got, the blocks, how Joanna gets through her blocks, and she just doesn't deal with them so much anymore. Um, but, and then she mentioned the, the Scrivener software, and I want to spell that for everybody, and it's S-C-R-I-V-E-N-E-R, S-C-R-I-V-E-N-E-R. And what it does is it, it really, it, it's the fiction writer's best friend, author, and you can do amazing things, and it'll help you position and set it up. Is that right, Joanna? Yeah, it's for, non- it's for non-fiction as well. It's excellent for structuring any book, and it also can compile in Kindle format, EPUB format. It's brilliant. So, so as you go along, once you have your book in your, it's in a Word, a Word document, I, I, is that how it's working in type of a Word doc? Uh, no, you actually write in Scrivener, but you can you, compile it's it. It's in- software. Yeah. Right, and then it converts. It'll convert to whatever you need to convert to. Yeah, exactly. Correct. All right, so once you get your book all done and it's edited, that you can tell it to do the EPUB mm-hmm. or the Kindle, and it goes off that way. And, and then you, meanwhile, go into formal layout. 
is that for your your regular book if you're having the book laid out, especially for print. print. Yeah, if you're doing yeah. print. For me, I um, you know, I I sell mainly in in ebook format. So for me, it's amazing. I just export and then upload to Amazon, and it's uh, making money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now you you actually did um, you you've signed on with an agent, and and how are you going with the the sales of uh, selling your books? to New York. I'm assuming that's what you want to do. Well, it's so funny. I, I, every day I change my mind on this. Every day I'm sort of empowered as a, I'm very, I'm a very empowered author. You know, I love the speed. Like I said, you know, I've just published Exodus um, across all the sites. So what I said to this agent who essentially I got through my self-published success. So I've sold over 50,000 books now and um, agents are interested when you've, when you've sold a few books. And um, I said to her, you know, I'm not going to stop doing this. So you can sell them. But I'm, if I don't sell it by, if we don't sell by December, I'm, I'm publishing the next one and we'll just keep going like that. So, I, and what I've basically said is what I would love to sell is foreign rights. I'd love to sell print rights, um, but I would love to keep my e book rights if we could manage that um, I'd, I'd sell audio rights um, so I think it, for authors it's about thinking about the rights that you want to keep and the rights that you want to sell and then finding a business partner in a um, an agent who's going to help you do that well I, I think so I mean you're talking to someone who started with publishing with New York and um, 18 of my 30 books were New York connected and I was uh, repped by a couple of agencies. That one of the last ones was the William Morris agency. And I, I have to. I'm self-confessed. I was a book snob, absolute book snob. I felt the only published with New York. And of course, that's before the self and independent publishing movement really got going. And anyone who self-published was basically trash. I mean, it was just trash. Yeah. And although there's still a lot of huge trash out there. Mm. But with the evolution and the quality of what you can tap into as an author, creating your own publishing house, it would be really difficult to get me back underneath New York. And the only exception really would be if they offered me so much money, I just wouldn't care how they screwed it up. I mean, that's how I come from. Sorry, I I want to do both. I want to be like a hybrid author. I'd like to have one, you know, a couple of series as uh, self-published and, um, you know, something in the bookstore so that it just, it opens the world up to a different type of audience, essentially. That's kind of what I'm thinking. And I definitely want to sell foreign rights, uh, which I... Absolutely. I mean, and and I say, I'm not an e-book reader. Um, I mean, I, I have it. I've got a nook. You know, I've got Kindle on my PC. I, I'm on a computer so much, I really don't want to look at another e-thing e if I'm doing something for pleasure. So to me, uh, you know, luxury is a really hot cup of tea and a book and curl up somewhere. That I love doing that um, with a favorite author. So with that said, let's, let's, let's do a hop over. And since we're talking to you, just, you just opened the door to foreign rights. Let's talk about global sales. Um, and what should the savvy author be doing today to really stretch out of their neighborhood in getting that book out there? Yeah, well, it, it is a really exciting time uh, at the moment. And um, I'm in England and our, our high street store, uh, we have a couple, like one is uh, Waterstones and they have the Kindle, but our WH Smiths, which is another high street store, has the Kobo. And Kobo is really big in the UK, but um, Kobo is also actively going into the markets that Amazon doesn't own yet. And they are owned by a Japanese company, Rakuten, who are huge in Japan across Asia. Now, there are apparently 
more English speakers in China than there are in England. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. And in India, there are a huge number because, of course, India is very uh, British cultured as well. So mm -hmm. there's this massive load of English readers who are coming on the market. So first of all, I really think that authors need to have their books on multiple um, book uh, sites, book, book retailers. So for example, iBookstore is now in 50 countries. Kobo is in like 100 countries. It's amazing. Um, and specifically into the ones that Amazon isn't in. And um, so I'm selling now on Kobo and I make quite decent money on Kobo um, in all of these different markets that I wouldn't have uh, getting money from otherwise because Amazon's not even in the country. And what, if you think about it, it's who's first in gets the cash because it starts creating a sort of critical mass. So, of course, Amazon owns America in terms of the digital market um, and it pretty much owns, the, owns Britain, but it doesn't own the rest of the world yet. So I think um, authors have to be thinking about long term because the amazing thing about ebooks and about books in general is the longer you're on a site, the more their algorithms you know pick you up the more people find you it's like you know websites on google the longer you're on google the more you're trusted so authors have to leave their books on these sites for a decent amount of time for reviews to add up um all of that so you can't be taking them off and putting them back on again that type of thing you have to leave them there see what happens over time join the promotion so kobo does promotions all the time that you can join in as a, an author um and yeah it's just it's just an amazing amazing time all right, so let's let's um, tell our listeners how they get to what what do they just go to kobo uh, kobo dot com um, kobo l how do they spell it yes, help them out here yeah kobo is kobo but it's um, just Google kobo writing life and that's their self their site for self publishers the other thing I want everyone to remember is that as a non-american I can only publish on Amazon Kindle and kobo writing life directly as well as of course smashwords and book baby but I can't publish on the nook directly because they only let Americans publish there um, so um, kobo has got a very international feel they also pay the author in their own currency, which Amazon don't do, um, which is fantastic. So yeah, go to Kobo Writing Life. It's a really user-friendly mm -hmm. upload. You just need um, you need an EPUB file, and again, you can do that out of Scrivener. That's how I do it. Um, and obviously, you need your professional cover and your professionally um, your professional book um, as such, your professional edited book and your book blurb and all the usual stuff. But it's really easy, and then you just set your pricing, set your rights, and uh, all good. All right, and then also for iBookstores? Yeah, well, iBookstore, I can't, again, it's for Americans, um, but I go through BookBaby, um, BookBaby spelt as it is, or Smashwords. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so you can do that, and you can get to all the stores there, Sony e-reader store, um, you know, Diesel, all the rest. So I would, I recommend people to use Smashwords if they like formatting, um, or BookBaby if they don't want to format anything. So no formatting for BookBaby, but... Smashwords will do the formatting? Uh, Smashwords, you have to do it yourself. Um, well, it, you, you have it formatted, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's. But I, th I think I, I want to try and urge people to th try and think more long term because what happens with a lot of new self-published authors is everyone's like, oh, my book's up there, I must sell loads, like in the first few months, which is the old publishing style of things. Um, whereas what happens over time, you know, the more you put these books up on these sites, is your sales 
keep going. And that's the kind of the magic of this longer term, uh, long tail approach, I guess. Got it. So, Joanna, we're coming to the bottom of the arrow. So what I'd like you to do is one of the things that drives, and I know it's been really helpful for you in your sales, is people love your books and they put up great reviews. So how are you gathering those? Are they just kind of happening now? And secondly, what are you doing once they're up that you really go out and you push um, for your your marketing side? I mean, it certainly makes sense to go to the Kobo Writing Life, so I hope everyone does that who is listening in, because that's just smart. This is just smart. It's business. It's the, the business of publishing that you want to have your book out anywhere and everywhere because you just don't know who's going to find you. And then we'll dig into that. So we're going to be right back. This is Judith Bryles. You're listening to Your Guide to Book Publishing and my guest. is your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles and we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the rockstar radio network since 1987 color house graphics has set the standard for quality book production whether you decide to print a small quantity of books or need a large print run depend on color house to help you You'll receive professional help and advice the moment you reach one of our representatives. If you mention hearing about us on your guide to book publishing, Judith Bryles, we will provide you with discount on the first order you place. To speak with a project manager, call us toll-free at 800-454-1916 or visit us at www.colorhousegraphics.com. postcards that make a statement? How about business cards, flyers, brochures, or NCR forms? TuVets is the solution for all your printing needs. Providing services specially designed for authors, we deliver exceptional quality colored printing. Most important of all, we specialize in reducing your printing costs. No more waiting. No more standing in lines at your local printer. Online proofing. With our pricing tools calculator, you can get instant quotes on all your printing products, as well as shipping rates all over the United States. Just a few clicks of the mouse and you're on the way to discovering how easy and convenient online color printing should be. Contact our friendly, human, account representatives. We recognize that you want answers, not voice props. Visit our website at www.tu-vets.com or call one 800 894-8977. When Ned Thompson and Harry Shore started Thompson Shore in 1972, they believed employees with great character would make up the best company. They were right. They hired people who were not only experts in bookmaking, but who were obsessed with quality and delivering exceptional customer service. Almost 40 years later, Thompson Shore remains a 100% employee-owned company. 
Ned and Harry knew that successful customer projects are a direct result of empowered employees. We specialize in all books for large and small publishers. Creating beautiful and well-made books, we're dedicated to pleasing our customers by making the experience a good one from start to finish. The personal touch we have with our customers allows us to be innovative in solving their most difficult challenges. Our platform also ensures that we can remain flexible to meet our customers' unique needs and expectations. Our marketing kit can create buzz for your title, enhancing the promotion of your book during infancy. When you need to test the market to gauge your future sales, we can provide digitally printed books that will transition seamlessly into a larger offset run. From ebook to hard copy to delivery, our skillful customer service teams are at the ready to answer your most pressing question. At Thompson Shore, we know that making the highest quality books requires more than just best technologies. It requires superior customer service, professionalism to the trade, and commitment to environmental and social values. With these standards of excellence in place, you can be sure that we will always help you put your best book forward. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask on the Rockstar Radio Network. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, with us, as we do every show, we have one of our fabulous sponsors, and one of my favorite people is Phil Knight with Color House Graphics, and he is, uh, he, Color House is located up in the area that we all call the Michigan Mafia for printing, <laughs> and they're all up in there, but that I've had, they've printed some of my personal books, it's, uh, lots of my clients, and he's going to give us a, a couple of tips dealing with just packing in general, which a lot of us don't even think about. So what's new, Phil? Well, Judith, thanks for having me on today. Um, what I'd like to, to bring up today is, is a topic that usually gets left a little later in the process and really should be discussed very early on, and that is packing and then the actual process of shipping books to the end uh, destination. Packing, um, number of books per carton can matter when we get to the point of distribution, it can also matter when it becomes there are weight limitations or at least uh, convenient weight limitations. Some folks don't want to lift cartons over 25 to 30 pounds. Uh, sometimes there are uh, books that weigh a lot to, per copy, and if we're not careful, we can exceed a practical limitation. So, uh, you know, talk that over with your printer early on. I think it is. Uh, important for the printer to, to discuss the options with you. Uh, a few additional cartons is not a very expensive proposition. Uh, cartons are usually less than a dollar a piece. Uh, the other aspect of, of the shipping that I'd like to bring up is the time that it takes to get books to the final destination and how important it is to take that into account when we... Uh, try to meet deadlines and special events. Now, motor freight shipments or truck shipments can take anywhere from a day to four or five days, depending on the distances between the shipping point and the end point. So those times need to be taken into account early on. I have seen cases where folks spend more on shipping, express shipping, to meet an event than it costs them to produce the book. 
which and is in many crazy. Cases that, yeah, it could be avoided if a little more time was taken either at the front end of the process planning for that or, uh, you know, talking about maybe just expressing uh, fewer copies for special events too. But again, a discussion that should be had with the printer early on, uh, even as early as the quote stage. What vendors would you recommend we use? What method of shipment fits best for your deadlines? And what cost is associated with that? You know, most printers have special arrangements with their uh, freight carriers, and they get uh, the benefit of special discounts, and oftentimes printers know who the best carrier is into a given area. So right. and, I, that, I think and that works, yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's so we, I've experienced we, that. <laughs> yes, I, I'm sure you have. So it's again, it's important to plan these things out ahead, and also uh, we don't want anybody to be surprised at, at the back end. We also find that a lot of the uh, shipping destinations are residential uh, destinations, and they need to have uh, inside delivery considered, or maybe a power lift gate, um, and. These things can, these items can cost more, or these options can cost more, and uh, they should be discussed um, as part of your overall uh, budget for your project. Yeah, in the very so beginning. Those, All right. Yeah. Good and information. That's, that's, and 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 what the thing is that Color House Graphics is that if you do have, they 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 will they work with you because I've experienced personally as well with clients. Split shipments where they go, you know, so many cases go here, so many cases go there. You have a special event. And also I want to give Phil a kudo because he came to me and said, hey, have you thought about changing just this little tweaky, you know, you have this style on the printing on the last run. If you know if you do this, you might save five, $600. And that's exactly what we did, right, Phil? Yes, it was, Judith. I, I think that turned out quite well. Yeah, it did. Okay, well, thank you so much, Color House Graphics. And the website is what, Phil? It's www.colorhousegraphics.com, all one word. Easy. And then you can you can contact Phil directly at pnight, K-N-I-G-H-T, at Color House Graphics. All right. Merry Christmas. Same to you, Judith. Thanks for having me. Okay. Bye-bye. Goodbye. All right. Back to the amazing Joanna Penn. And we're going to be looking at, um, we're, we've talked about international, how critical it is. And what strategies would you recommend, Joanna, really, brand new, out of the gate? Let's say my book's going to be ready. I'm at the printer. I'm going to have print. I'm going to have ebook. What kind of strategies would you recommend in today's global market for both um, an ebook? And I know that you do mostly ebook, but you're, you also advise people on the print side. Where do you see things going now? Right. Well, I, I would say straight up that I I don't do print anymore because um, I I'm I'm a businesswoman, and when it came to looking at my financials, I found that I was selling ninety five percent ebooks. So I have basically stopped doing print. I may re- I may revisit that, um, but because I sell, like you say, what you know, what's the strategy? I sell globally through ebook sites, and I make you know over two dollars a book. So it it just seemed 
the best way to go for me. Um, but I absolutely get that a lot of people want to have print books and it's, it's a, a totally brilliant market. But one of the things for me, I think, is that all the marketing I do is digital. So when it comes down to, um, to books, um, then I, I guess ebooks you can buy right now and start reading right now. Even if you don't have a Kindle or whatever, um, mm-hmm. you can buy them immediately. So, um, when everything, I guess everything I do is about, um, keeping things online. I, I'm also someone who has, who designed my life around sort of being location independent. So I don't even have any print books anymore myself. So I, I am an anomaly to your audience. I realize that. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I think that there's a lot of people who are E. I mean, I'm one of these people who's had enormous success with print books. Mm. Um, and, and e-book is now just really coming on. But my audience that I was writing for were heavily into, and they still are into mm. the print format. And so I would walk away in my pocket with at least 90% of the retail price. So I made much more money than you did on ebooks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think I think it, it depends what the author wants to achieve. But in terms of the marketing, I think the ve- the number one number one thing that everyone needs to do is to have an email sign up list on your website and also at the back of your book. Say to people, um, you know, go here and get uh, for nonfiction. You can say, you know, get my get your free whatever. So I have a free author 2.0 blueprint, for example, um, at the Creative Pen. Um, and then for my fiction, I say to people, come and you can get free books if you come to my site um, so what happens is people get to the back of the book and again with ebooks people just click and they're taken through to the the sign up or if you have a print book you can say come to this website and that adds to my email list every day and then what happens with your subsequent books um, because certainly most people will write more than one book as you know you've written 30 um, you know I'm catching up but um, you know people what you want to do after your first book is build your list for your second book. So the first one is really hard. You kind of have to hand sell the first thousand books, really, the first sort of thousand fans. But once you get people signed up, all you need to do then when your book is available um, is email your list and say, the book is available now. I would really love it if you, you know, well, most of them are going to buy it and also leave a review. Um, And I also give away free books to my list. So if people join my list they can you know get a free um a free thriller um and then i basically ask for reviews as well and there's no obviously there's no caveat it's like if you enjoy it i'd love a review um but um Mm -hmm. it's all very positive but it's kind of if you build that email list you have control so i only published exodus a few days ago and it's ranking um it's ranking on the uk um amazon store as a bestseller um and i haven't even done any marketing yet all i've done is send out an email to my list and i'll start marketing it um, in January, really, once I've got oh. a load of reviews up there. Great. So let, let me ask you this. When you, when you do your, you're, you're giving them a three thriller. So are you giving them one of your Pentecost or one of the other books you've written as a free, or are you giving them something special that you've written up? Yeah, I, well, I don't, um, at the moment, basically, if they sign up to my list now, they can get uh, one of the existing ones for free. Or when the next one comes out, I send an email to my list and say, if anyone would like a review copy, um, you can get the next book early, basically. So they get, and I do giveaways and that type of thing. So I don't I don't give them anything on email. I just uh, do it as, as I go. Do you, do you offer them free off of your website or do you throw them into Amazon UK, for example, and say, or, or here at US um, and pick it up that way? 
Are you are you doing it like? And we need to come when we come back from break, which is thirty seconds away. But if we we come back, can you get into those the KDP strategies? What's different? What do you see coming along um, in that? Because I think that's what people really want to know, Joanna. So what, give me step one, two, three on what I do. Do what windows? How often do I allow my book for free? You know, do and 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 when do I pull it off? Are there special days that are more better for free versus the other? And I know KDP has a certain select area. All right, we're going to be right secrets on how to be really successful in ebook marketing. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Writing and reading are moving to the cloud. WaveCloud represents a whole new community for writers and readers to connect, communicate, evaluate, and share. Writers hone their craft and build their business. Readers build their favorites. Sign up for updates at wavecloud.com. shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and a guide to partner with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so, or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand, and is a financial success, a bestseller. It's your choice. You choose. You need the book shepherd. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You don't need problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Bryles will shepherd you through the maze and the chaos. At times, she's had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher or by a publishing service provider or sometimes even the author themselves. Judith Bryles is the book shepherd. If you want to create a book with no regrets, give her a call today. 303-885-2207. That's 303-885-2207. Or email her at judith at bryles.com. By the way, Bryles is spelled B-R-I-L-E-S. Follow Judith on Twitter at MyBookShepherd and on Facebook at The Book Shepherd. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based ebooks, and bookstore. Call 
us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With me is Joanna Pan, who is the author of the Arcane Thrillers. There's three of them, Pentecost, Prophecy, and Exodus. So free, you can still do it, absolutely, but I would caution people that it's certainly not guaranteed to get you success um, in any particular way. Um, but what is amazing is email marketing. So I mentioned before about setting up your own list, but what you can also do is pay for a company that has a, a targeted list of, say, Kindle readers. Um, say, So I pay, for example, to go to a targeted email list of mystery and thriller readers um, and I'll tell you the sites in a minute but when I did this promotion and I have a post on my blog about it but what I did is track everything so I worked out all the financial gains and losses and things of the free versus paid promotion so I paid 250 US for this promotion but I made around 350 US but what was better was my book Prophecy when I did it uh, last time debuted above Lee Child in the action adventure charts which with the screen print is basically what got me a New York agent because it was like here I am a bubbly child um, so that was amazing I hit number one on movers and shakers and I hit uh, number one on religious fiction and a whole load of other books so for me paying for that promotion was really more worthwhile than going with free um, so I'll just give you the three sites that I'm I use and that's pixel of ink kindle nation daily and book bub B-O-O-K-B-U-B and they all target Kindle readers specifically with email promotion. All right, and what was the first one again? Pixel of Ink, P-I-X-E-L of Ink. They're all .com. Now, the prices change. The prices change every month depending on how many readers they have. Um, but some of these sites have sort of 30,000 readers um, in targeted email lists, which is, you know, pretty amazing. And I've found it's worked every time I've done it. So, um, But also remember to keep... Uh, you know, building your own list as well, because the whole point is that you can send books out to your own list and have the same effect. So you've evolved from number free, so you've from free to fee, and you go two ninety nine. And and do you have your books available in POD as well, so people can pull them down that way? As uh, well as I don't. I don't, don't anymore. No. So what are you getting? What percent are you making on each book? Uh, on a two ninety nine book, you make seventy percent, so you make around two dollars two cents, whatever. Um, but you get you can get that if you price it four ninety nine, you can make around you know three dollars eighty or whatever. So it's seventy percent on Amazon. Um, Kobo have gone to eighty five percent this month, which is very good. Uh, so it it kind of changes, but Amazon is certainly seventy percent. Well, and they sell seventy three percent of all ebooks, so you, you well, can't ignore Amazon. Can't they, ignore it. No, you can't, absolutely. But they sell 70% of ebooks in America and Britain. But, for example, in ah. Japan, they sell, like, nothing. 
uh, in Canada, but Kobo is the number one um, book book retailer. So you, you kind of have to, yeah, it depends what country you're talking about. But the, but Amazon is certainly still uh, is the most money I I make. Absolutely. Right. Well, they have a broad audience. We are we're, we are certainly readers here in this country. <laughs> With that, well, that's fabulous information. That's critical information to have because most don't think. We're going back to the beginning of the show. The global take off those myopic glasses. That there are so many other people out there who don't even know about your books, and could, your book could be the cat's meow and absolutely the perfect thing they're looking for. So yes, get on in that. All right, then any other, so these are the top three you use. You, you use the Pixel of Ink, you use Kindle, um, Nation Daily, and BookBub. Yeah, absolutely. I would say, though, Judith, I mean, I do everything. I do everything else you've ever talked about on this show, you know, mm-hmm. to do marketing. Um, what I wanted to just tell your audience was the thing that actually got me up the top of the Amazon charts. Um, but I still do everything else. I do social media. I do blogging. I do, you know, everything you can think of. So I think, mm-hmm. like you said, you never know how someone is going to find out about your book. You just don't know. Right. Well, and you don't know. And you don't know. So let's as we, as we come down here, because we have I mean, this last segment, we, that I, we're in the beginning of the year here. It's a whole new year. What would be the three key things that you would tell an author to do, whether they've got their book right now in their hot little hands or they, it's going to be happening this year? What would be the three things for setup or if the book's out to do? Uh, number one, I'm going to keep harping on about it, is set up an email capture system on your website. So I use Aweber, A-W-E-B-E-R, um, mm-hmm. you can use whatever, but definitely set that email capture up. That would be number one. Um, number two is obviously um, what, well, as we've talked about, if you, if you're, even if you're not an ebook reader yourself, there are millions of people out there who are, and you're losing out on that audience if you haven't gone digital. So definitely look at publishing as an ebook and publishing on multiple platforms as an ebook. So I think that would be um, number two. And then number three is, um, you know, really try and gather evidence around various strategies of these marketing tactics. Um, and there's so many authors sharing information now about what actually works so find people in your niche um, and actually see what they're doing model them and um, you know go and see what they're doing and what works and what works is changing every month so don't think if, if it worked for someone even six months ago it's going to work now so um, that but also stick with plan a which is write a brilliant book publish a brilliant book and, and get it out there well, I, I, I write it and get it edited and have it done. You know, I have a question about since you're mostly ebooks, that your cover designs, um, I, you know, they're really good thumbnails. And, and I would encourage our listeners to look your name up. Just go in and put Joanna Penn in and see what her her covers look like because there is a difference sometimes between what a cover needs to look like for an ebook versus a print book. Um, would, would you say? Yeah, definitely. And I use a professional designer, um, Derek at Creative Indie. Um, he's amazing. And no, absolutely. If you're going to pay for anything, it has to be editing and book cover design, whether it's print or digital, doesn't matter. Yeah, you start with that. And, and, and I actually go through, John, several things where people screw up on that. And I, I, and I had a come to book discussion with um, one of our Author You members here just last week. And, and she, she rushed to publish 
she bypassed the thing, she rushed to publish, and she said, would you look at this book, and it's, you know, in layout, and it's, oh, I, I can't tell you what my purple pen was doing all over everything. It was, it was a disaster, and I just said, I called the layout person, and I said, you know what, you're going to need to get this, I, I'm just going to give you the forewarning. If she does what I tell her to do, you're throwing everything out, you're starting over. Mm, this is yeah. This is the beauty of eBooks, of course. If if your cover's not selling, you change your cover. You just upload a new one, and of course, Amazon lets you upload a new version of your book as well. So that's pretty cool. Which is always very good <laughs> to be so, able to do that. <laughs> and and so what what else is going on in Amazon? And I guess I have to ask this question: If the uh, um, Japan's a pretty big market, and so is the rest of the world, why have they just focused on the U.S. and Britain? Um, well, they, they are slowly expanding, but and they've opened a Kindle store in India uh, right now. But it's just that they're they're a pretty big monster now, whereas Kobo are this sort of little company. But they, well, they they were little, but they're also owned by a Japanese company. Rakuten are the biggest Japanese uh, direct to consumer company in Japan, and they also obviously have links into Asia. So and and Amazon is is American and is just moving into that market. So the, I think what's what's going to happen in the next couple of years and this is what's exciting is this this and and japan is a totally digital market or not totally primarily digital market because they've had ebooks for about 10 years and they read on their cell phones and things so and they read so many more books than any other country apparently per per head so it's going to be the next few years a really interesting time as these other markets come on board and uh, and i would urge authors to really think about their their rights and even if they sell if they want to sell any rights um you know make sure you only sell specific rights and hold on to other countries because we can all publish all over the world now through these sites which is just amazing so when you when you go with kobo you're not giving them an exclusive correct no, no, you're not getting, you know, you can do all of these sites. That's the beauty. You can sell on every single site. The only site that asks you to be exclusive is Amazon if you go into KDP Select. But you don't. And it sounds like that what you're doing, one of the, the hot things uh, as we wrap up here on KDP is that you had those free days. But what you're really saying is free days are disappearing and there isn't the power behind them as they used to be. Exactly. You still get lending library, but you have to make a decision. Got it. All right. Well, Joanna Penn, thank you so much for being on your guide to book publishing, and I truly would love to have you back. Thank you. All right, everyone, go to thecreativepenn.com, follow Joanna's blog, sign up for her list, and so you could get an opt-in when she has new goodies coming along, and she does offer free books from her site when you do join the list. I'm Judith Bryles. We have a new year. It's going to be exciting, exciting for 213 in book publishing. For being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith.